We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid Death. Are you thirsty? Parched? Do you like dark and eerie sinister names for your beverages? Then you'll love Liquid Death. Go to liquiddeath.com. Use the promo code BIGBLUE. Blue Wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined, as always, my co-host, Nick Filato. Tonight, we are here to break down the Giants' offensive All-22 film against the Eagles, a tape that we'd like to watch analyze and then bury as i'm sure the giants would as well i know brian dable made a comment yesterday about watching it in the morning and then burying it and then moving on to washington in the afternoon as soon as monday afternoon so that's already happened similar thing that we'll do as well but we are looking for what we can take away from this tape and i think one thing that stands out nick because it's something we talked about before this game is brian dable made a comment today about how he felt like in the first half the Giants had opportunities that were out there where the where the Giants receivers got behind the defense and the plays weren't made. I thought you did an excellent job clipping up what you thought those plays might be. And we don't know what those plays are because Brian Dable didn't like go play by play. It was this play, this play, this play. But obviously watching the tape, we can make some guesses. I think you did a good job clipping it up, guessing it. And as you'll see on those plays, there are two things at play. One it's not Brian Dable saying Daniel Jones missed these throws for the most part. It's mostly just we didn't get these big plays when we got behind the defense because our protection sucks. And he didn't say that, and he wouldn't say that, but that's what it looked like on the film. But the other thing at play here is a guy who's been much maligned by Giants fans now for a month straight, for some, some at some times, you know, at some points for good reason, I think at most points not for good reason, is offensive coordinator Mike Kafka. And that's the other thing at play. Those plays were available. Those players got behind the defense. This is something you just mentioned to me before we started recording, and it really stood out, Nick. Those players got behind the defense because they were good calls by Kafka. They were good route combinations to attack what the Eagles were doing. What are the Eagles doing? They have aggressive corners. We're playing Jones aggressively aggressive. It's also why they couldn't just sit in quick game. Look, I wanted to see more shotgun quick game going into this game. We saw a little bit. There was success. Some people were like, well, why didn't we see a lot more? You can't run that all game. That's Jason Garrett offense, right? We've already experienced this. We went through this before. We learn from this as a fan base. We learn from this ourselves. Anyone who's watched the Giants, you can't run quick game all game. And you can't run it when you have aggressive all game, when you have aggressive corners like the Eagles and how they were playing the Giants. So there were opportunities for big plays down the field. 
but the pass protection broke down. But you still have to give credit, in my mind at least. And I'll start with this, and I'll turn it over to you, Nick. So if they give credit to Kafka for making those calls, right? Like he deserves credit for that. He's not gonna get any because our offense is still stinky, and because we do have some times where I still feel like. Jesus, dude, we run like three plays in a row of quick game. It works. And then we go right back under center and run twice and get into a third and long. And I'm just like, at that point, it's like, okay, I understand the criticism, but you still have to give this guy credit when you, when, when Brian Dable says something like that, like we watch the tape and there were opportunities. If the offensive line breaks down, that's not Mike Kafka's fault, right? That can't be blamed on Kafka. A lot of those plays were double moves. Those are long developing plays. And you know that the Giants don't have the offensive line to protect Daniel Jones against that defensive front for long. So that can be an honest criticism. But as you said, man, some of those plays, there's, you know, initial six man, seven man protections right. in there. And then Barkley or Bellinger or Vinette or whoever end up kind of going out into their routes. Or just well, I'm just talking about the, yeah, well, yeah, just talking about the eligible right, receivers. Right. They go out into their routes and then you're leaving Neil and Glowinski to fend for themselves. And I got to say in this game, and you're going to see it on the film in a little bit. I don't know what the hell the Giants were doing any time the Philadelphia Eagles ran twist. Because the Eagles were blitzing, but then even when they brought four, the Giants' protection completely broke down because it didn't seem like Lewinsky and Evan Neal were ever on the same page. They would both chase the same guy, leaving a free rusher in on Jones. And I actually felt like Jones did a pretty damn good job in some of those situations, avoiding taking a sack and at least picking up a couple yards with his feet, at least looking, keeping his eyes downfield, maybe finding a check down option, things like that. So it was a a frustrating game for sure. And the Eagles... Look, you're not going to beat these guys with pure speed. So you have to have those double moves. And that's kind of to speak for right. captain. How are you going to generate explosive plays with Kenny Galladay and Isaiah Hodgins routes for you? And I like Hodgins, but he's not a burner. And you're going up against Darius Slay. If you have these double moves built in and your protection, six, seven man protection does hold up, then maybe Daniel Jones can make those throws. But recently, we just haven't seen that. Yeah, we even had the two-man route combo where there's only two players running route and there's still pressure. That's never a good sign for an offense when that when you see that on tape where you know you have so many guys in to help. And it's to me, it feels just like we'll get into the tape in a moment, Nick, but it feels just like a catch-22 at this point, right? People will criticize Kafka if things like that happen where he's dialing up double moves. They'll be like, Why could you why are you dialing up double move deep shots when you have an offensive line like this that can't pass protect consistently? But then it's like, how else are you expecting to generate any kind of big plays if you're not going to use double moves? So that's the catch-22. One. The other catch 22 is why is he not in quick game so much? Why are they not just operating out of the shotgun? Well, guess what? If you're just, if you don't have the offensive line protection to take those deep shots off double moves and you're just running so much quick game, eventually you see what happens. Like you've seen at times, the chargers have struggled running quick game this year and other teams with really good quarterbacks have struggled running quick game because defense can sit on the quick game. And obviously we don't need more proof of that. Again, like I said, Jason Garrett's offense, just watch any of our film breakdowns from the last few years. You get it. So it just feels like he, at this point to me, Kafka can't win. I just feel that way. And I'm not saying he's doing the best job. He's not making any mistakes. And there's things I don't, I, I like everything he's doing. I just don't know what he can do right now, given the situation with the person, with the personnel at this stage, maybe that changes. Bredesen gets back in the lineup. Maybe, maybe that changes. If like Golinski just starts to play better. Cause I don't think they <laughs> plan on benching him. So you just kind of need him to play better. Evan Neal, they need to play a little bit better, in my opinion. Those things happen, then maybe that can change. But until then, I just don't know what he's supposed to do. Because, yeah, again, I want more quick game, but not all game, right? We can't just run quick game all game. So I just, at this point, it's a tough spot. I don't know what. And it's not going to look this bad every week, obviously. You're not facing. Eagles are one of the best defenses in the NFL this year. Like, that's not going to be the matchup every week. But unfortunately, 
that is the matchup if you ever want to make it to a Super Bowl, right? Like that's it. eventually there needs to be a ceiling talk, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Two of the best teams in the NFL right now are in the NFC East with Dallas and Philadelphia. This is a tough division, and they're not going anywhere. Like these two teams are going to be powerhouses. The Giants will improve in in the coming years, right? But you're going to have to fight through that defense. Micah Parsons isn't going anywhere. The defense of Philadelphia, Howie Roseman is one of the best general managers. So hopefully in the future, the Giants will figure that out. But as for right now, look, I think I agree with you. Mike Kafka, what else is he going to do? And I actually like the fact that Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator of the Eagles, he was trying to get a little tricky with some of his plays. And Mike mm-hmm. Kafka and Daniel Jones took some deep shots on him. Like the one deep post that looks like it was in double coverage. I saw like people on Twitter be like, why is Daniel Jones throwing it into double coverage on that deep post to Isaiah Hodgins? It wasn't really double coverage though, because similar to like what Mink Martindale does, the person who had center field responsibilities at the snap was on the line of scrimmage. Then he bailed deep. So Isaiah Hodgins had a a deep post route as we're going to see in a little bit against a cornerback with outside leverage. Take that shot all day. Now that player who was on the line of scrimmage did a really good job getting back to that position, but don't allow them to run those types of coverages on you. Show that you will take those deep shots. And if one misstep that they have, you can go big on them. You could score a touchdown on them. So I like the fact that they got aggressive in those certain situations, but it's a great point. Overall, Dan, and I know you agree with this, like these two teams are not even close to being comparable. Like that defensive front is is so much better than the Giants offensive line. And the Giants have one of the best tackles in the league who I felt like played well. He gave up the sack to to Josh Sweat, who we said is he's an underrated pass rusher, in my opinion. Right. But after that, he was pretty damn solid. For it the was also, by the way, I don't know your take on this, but it was also one of those sacks where it's like yeah. play action under center quarterbacks back to the line of scrimmage he turns around and he goes into this hot like if that's out of the gun or something like that or that's just a drop back the quarterback can step up through that right like it's just like he wins around the he wins like the josh sweat won that rep good job but also i've seen plenty of ends win that rep and the tackle kind of wash them out or the quarterback step up through it so it was like one of those situations where he didn't have time to step up through it it was like a seven step drop and on those right. deep seven step type drops even off play action you're setting up a really deep shot that's yeah. why you're doing it you're sh- setting up a really deep pass you're gonna hit that back foot you're gonna view what what the defense is doing and you're gonna take that shot it's difficult for the giants to do that and i don't really feel like the giants and you've brought this up for over a week now Giants don't have any success under center running those types of concepts because their offensive line just cannot block it up, whether it be the tackles or more specifically the interior. And if we're really going to narrow it down, it's the right guard, man. Mark Lewinsky is just continues to be an issue. And he looked pretty bad as a run blocker in this game as well. It's surprising to me that he is still playing outside of maybe the idea that there's so many injuries. They don't have any options. I don't know if that's the case. It's going to be very interesting to me to see. If when Bredesen and Azudu are fully practicing off the injury report, everything like that, if Glinsky does remain in the lineup, that's when it'll become even more surprising to me. As I know these coaches have done a really good job this year of just shuffling in players who aren't producing if they don't feel like they're producing, regardless of what their name is, right? Kenny Galloway is the best example of that, but we've seen it at D-back. We've seen it at linebacker. We've seen it at other positions as well. So I will be very interested to see that because right now he's playing really bad football. Mark Lewinsky. It's the only way to describe this. Like he has a big free agent contract. It's a ton of dead salary cap. We can't really cut him next year, but you can bench these types of guys. They've already, they've done this already with Galladay. So I'll be interested to see what happens there as well. That could maybe help if they kind of like him work in like a zoo at left guard, Bredesen at right guard gates at center type of thing or something of the, along those lines. But um, yeah. Galladay ended up playing, I think, 11 snaps in this game is what it says. It looked that bad. 
No, yeah, he actually got open on a double move. Now, he's never going to be explosive. It, it looks like you can even see the difference between him and Isaiah Hodgins. Yep. And Hodgins isn't a burner, but you can tell Isaiah Hodgins just has more juice, more maybe control when he wants to decelerate, when he wants to mm -hmm. throttle down at the top of his break than someone like a Kenny Galladay. But Galladay had a couple opportunities that if the protection held up and Jones saw him, we might have been like, holy crap, a 60-yard catch by Kenny Galladay, which would just be such an anomaly at this point yeah. because he's he's a ghost he's a 72 million dollar ghost on the giants Crazy. roster yep absolutely nuts all right let's get into this film let's talk about what we're seeing we'll start with the first drive of the game for the giants started off solid then bogged down completely with the play you just referenced that deep drop sack they start off the game with just a little run here to saquon barkley for four yards against the tight front from the eagles um, that this was kind of, you know, early on, we've seen a lot of these types of runs and this is a successful play four yards. And you have the Eagles look, they have Vontae Maddox right up there near the box, just similar to the New York giants front, just have five guys on the line of scrimmage, three inside the tackles or over the top of the tackles. And there's just not a lot of running room for Saquon Barkley, but it sets up a second and 16 where we're like, okay, finally, the giants are going to work this quick game and look at it It ended up working out for him here. Yeah, second and six. So much space here yeah, at the bottom of the screen. No, yeah, I know. So, so much space here that it happens. So much space here at the bottom of the screen here. Player in motion. And it's just like your classic slant flat, which I like. Run some quick game. And one thing I really like about why I... And I, again, I'll make it clear. We can't just run quick game all game. That's Jason Garrett. But I will say this about mixing it in a little bit more. Jones can really drive these throws. He throws them on time. The ball placement is usually pretty solid. It's out of his hand pretty fast. Like, this is a good throw. I know it's not the craziest, hardest throw in the world. Trust me, I'm not. I'm well aware of that. It's just a slant. But there's good drive, there's good ball placement, and there's good timing on it. So I like it. And it's a 15, what is it, 18 yard, 14 yard play. 14 yard play. And you also got to look at TJ Edwards, number 57. He's the Mike linebacker. Jones has to get this ball past him just on time. And it doesn't look that close, but still you have that linebacker. You just got to wait for Isaiah Hodgins to win inside. I felt like you saw it on the sideline view. Hodgins did a really good job beating Slay off the line of scrimmage. And then Jones delivered the football there before that other defender could flow underneath it. Sets up a first and 10 where let's run that back real quick. Actually. I want to check out the route um, from the sideline angle from Hodgins. So we can show it off. Yeah. He's outside, the, num outside yep. the numbers, right? So we just, fires the feet a little bit, and then he just kind of uses his strength and pushes Slay off. You're going to be up in the press position as a cornerback, and you go to engage as Darius Slay does. If you're a wide receiver who is six foot four, 200-plus pounds like Isaiah Hodges is, use your strength and just give him that little push back, influence him to the outside, then just go right inside. Yeah, and I love the outside step at the top at the beginning of his route to kind of sell it a little bit. And then, like you said, just good, good feet, good hands there by Hodgins. Hodgins is a player who impresses me when I watch the tape. Yeah, I like Isaiah Hodgins specifically because this is somebody that you just picked up off someone's practice squad. You typically don't have players like that contributing on your roster. Right. Okay, that sets up this first and 10. This is the play we referenced earlier. Um, this is kind of the play that der derails the entire drive. Unfortunately, they want to run these type of concepts, right? These deep concepts. But when you run them under center, we're having issues because the pass protection. And here you can see Andrew Thomas with a rare with a rare miss here uh, getting beat by Josh Sweat. I think it was Josh Sweat, right, for the sack. It's 94. It's Josh Sweat. Good job by Sweat to win high side. And I don't like this this motion, the reverse, the fake reverse that the Giants try to run. Like it's not throwing anybody off. Nobody really pays attention yes. to it. 
you could see how deep. You want to know why, though? I don't want to cut you off, but I want to make this clear because this is something someone brought up and they're 100% right. You want to know why it's not throwing anyone off and you could just see from the angle there, you just ran it. No one is paying attention to the jet sweep because we're not actually running any jet sweeps, right? When's the last time we even handed off a jet sweep? I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a while. We got to do that sometimes. Otherwise, no one's going to respect it. So for those listening, it's a double stack and then a double Y set. So you have two tight ends on one side, 12 personnel stack. And what I do appreciate about this play is it ends up being a three-level read for Daniel Jones with Daniel Bellinger, who actually kind of comes open because you have the wide receiver who is in the stack that isn't running the fake reverse. He clears out that deep third right there and occupies the safety. Right. And you can see how both of those underneath routes by Saquon Barkley and then Nick Vanette hold both of those underneath defenders. Daniel Bellinger now has plenty of room with Darius Slay from the hash all the way to the sideline. If Jones could have delivered a nice lofting pass towards the numbers, this could have been a nice chunk play for Daniel Bellinger, but obviously he ends up getting sacked. And, and I think he would have. I think this was a defined enough pre-snap personally, Nick, where Jones knows this is where to go with the ball. Um, it's just, you can't go with the ball there when you hit the, your back foot and it's a sack, right? And another, another one more thing, that's Marcus Johnson running the route. So probably your fastest receiver. He might be faster than Darius Slayton. It's, it's upper debate, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, watch at the top of the screen. He stems back to the outside and that safety is in the middle of the field. He right. might have leverage to the outside from the hash, but you can't see it because the camera angle just cuts off. So that might even be another play that Brian Dable was referencing in terms of a wide receivers kind of getting open downfield. We just can't see it. Right. This, this version of the all 22. Yeah, that's a good point. We don't know that, but that could be a reference. So sets up a second 17, never a good down distance for this offense. And the Giants go to what has been, I'd say probably one of the five worst screen games in the NFL. The Giants run the screen game doesn't work. It's dropped by Breida. Even if it's caught, there's nowhere to go with this. In my opinion, this is going to be tackled. This is going to be two yard gain. Giants really just not operating a, a successful screen game now for how long, Nick, a month, it's, two months. It's been it's almost been, all season. It's been quite a while. Now I'm trying to look at this and I'm saying if Breida catches it right here, Feliciano kicks out 43, Nick Gates turns, picks up TJ Edwards, 57. Can Brita just hit that crease? And that might have ended up being a, a nice big gain. But Brita just, I don't know if he doesn't keep his eye on the football or what exactly happens. He just lets it like poop literally right out of his ass and just falls on the ground. You can see Nick Gates getting into it with TJ Edwards. But yeah. I don't know. They, they just haven't. And it's, it, the predates, it predates Kafka too, man. Because yep. like Jason Garrett's offense was pathetic. Same with, with Shermer, same with McAdoo's. I don't know it's what just, it is. Neither do I, but if they figure that out, that would just, I feel like that could really help this team. It could slow yeah. down the pressure and help create some sort right. of explosive plays. And now we get a sack on third and 17. Yeah. Third and 17, Evan Neal, you'll see on the bottom of your screen. If you're mm -hmm. watching on YouTube gets beat with like an inside spin move. That's not even like a spin move. He just kind of works back toward the quarter. I think by that point he saw Daniel Jones was stepping up and it was a good adjustment um, by the defender here. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll go through the end zone copy in a little bit. But this is one of the plays that I think Brian Dable was referring to. Look at both the outside receivers, both outside the numbers. Watch. They're going to double move at the sticks. And then you can see how James Bradbury bites down hard. And you can see at the right. top of the screen. I think that's Darius Slayton. I'm not 100 percent certain. It's hard to tell from this angle. I think it's no Slayton's at the bottom of the screen against Darius Might Slay. Be Marcus Johnson. He's wide open, though. He sinks his hips. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's Hodgins, bro. Oh, it's hot. Wow. Is that hot? So what a move by Hodgins. 
I'm pretty sure that's Isaiah Hodgins winning vertically. Just so everybody hears it, Hodgins winning vertically. This is a really nice. If that is Hodgins, that's a really nice ability to throttle down and then reaccelerate. Look at his feet here as he throttles down. Dude, this is so so nuanced. Look at the top of the break. Not only is he throttled down, he starts to turn his torso and his head. Look right there. His head is turning to the inside, and watch how fooled James Bradbury is. And then he holds a little bit, like. He got cooked, James Bradbury, yeah. by Isaiah Hodgins on a double move. And this has to be one of the plays referring. This is a touchdown if Evan Neal can just block whoever that is, Hassan Reddick. And also look at the coverage that's being run. You have a quarters look pre-snap. Both of those safeties drop down to basically robber positions. And right. then, like you said, and we're going to see the Giants try to take advantage of this later, somebody who is up closer towards the line of scrimmage ends up dropping into the deep third of this cover three. This, this was a missed opportunity. And if we're going to look at the end zone angle, Evan Neal, man, like it didn't have to happen. He didn't have to get beat like this. He just right. didn't. He just overset so far to the outside. Watch him just turn his, flip his hips, and then just kind of like cr crisscross applesauces his feet, and then just allows Hassan Reddick right back wow. inside out. Just and he's the only one, man. If that, it's so frustrating to see, dude, because if that, it's just everything else is pretty fine there, pass protection wise. And if Evan Neal just doesn't do it, like he just looks terrible on this rep. He oversets, then he lunges with his hands out there. Look how off balance he looks at this point. I think at this point, he's trying to do the whole move that a lot of offensive linemen do where they just slingshot the defender up the arc and then eliminate yeah. them. But he just doesn't really get clean contact. And I don't know why he just continues to pursue. I guess he thought he was beat. And he just allows it to undercut. Yeah, that's a that's a complete missed opportunity. It has to be one of the plays that Dable was referring to. Yeah, that one's a lock, and that's unfortunately on Evan Neal. But what are you going to do? I mean, look, that's a third and 17, too. That could have been – he was wide open, Hodgins. So, I mean, that could have been a touchdown. That would have changed a lot. That would have changed things potentially for this game. I mean, they probably still lose. Look, they got destroyed in this game. But you never know with momentum in football and how things could change. But sets up the second drive for the giants. This one's a four play 16 yard drive, another failure of a drive just from that standpoint, but it starts off with one of their best plays of the game, a 13 yard run by Gary Brightwell here. This play is really well blocked, especially in my opinion, by Thomas and Gates on the left side. I also think this was a really good re read and just quick decisiveness by Gary Brightwell. There's just no guess. There's no tiptoeing with it. I'm not saying that Barkley does this by the way, but there's no, like, I don't, I don't know how to explain this when I watch it, Nick, but there's just, there's no thinking, really. It's just get in and, and get vertical. This is what competent offenses look like. This is what a good running game looks like. This is what we saw in the beginning of the season. Gary right. Brightwell trusting his blocks up front. You're going to have the double team on the 2-I tech. Andrew Thomas gets his hip on the 2-I, and then Nick Gates does just a freaking phenomenal job finishing job. the block and keeping 97 Javon Hargrave away from that gap. But the most impressive thing is probably Andrew Thomas, who does that, helps Gates out, and then he's able to flip his hips, turn around, locate TJ yeah, Edwards, Edwards, wow, and then That's allow a great a, block, man, by Thomas. Holy shit. It's an, it's an amazing block, and you can also look at both of the tight ends. They're both taking on Brandon Graham, one of the one of the most underrated players in the National Football League, and he's older now. I think he's like 34, but yeah. he's such a such a good football player. You can see how they both finish this block together, and they drive him to the ground. It's just complete complementary football. Everybody executing their assignments, and it, end result is a 13 yard run. Yep, sets up a first down here. We're going to see a four yard run by Gary Brightwell. Duo play. Kaiser White plays it pretty well, but still a solid gain for four yards. And I think Brightwell did a good job kind of like falling through contact and having a nice second effort after initial contact. Absolutely. I mean, Brightwell could have just hit this gap, but look, 
the, the holes there, you have two guys in it presenting themselves. So he probably gets these four yards just because he's able to run through some arm tackles. And he just saw how dangerous Kaiser White was. Of course, this guy wasn't supposed to play in the game he plays, and he has this huge impact. I felt like he was all over the place in the first half. Yeah, he was. You mentioned him in the pre in our in our, I guess our preview show. He's definitely somebody that that uh, is worth tracking. Here they try to run on this second down. Their classic play action, bootleg left, hit the slide receiver, and of course, as we've seen now over the last few weeks, this ain't working anymore. Teams are just not going to get fooled by this. Yeah, your guy TJ Edwards sniffs this out, and you can see he sees Richie James. You know, 185 pound Richie James coming across this formation, and he's not even fooled. He takes one step, and he's like, "All right, I'm on this." Yeah. TJ Edwards just slams Richie James. To the ground. Isn't James in the concussion protocol right now? I think I saw that. Like, this yeah. has to be the play, probably where he suffered that concussion. Maybe, maybe he did. I mean, he caught a touchdown on like the last offensive play for the Giants. Yeah, Stay I don't know game. when it was, but he could have had it and played through. We don't know with that type of stuff. He but slammed on his head there. Yes, and that was a one yard loss. That was like a really bad play, right? You got to like <laughs> at this point, it's time to just eliminate this from the playbook because it's not working at all, and it's taking on losses. But sets up this third and seven here. Starts with like a cover three look, as you can see. Pre snap, the Giants try to dial up the deep shot to Hodgins, like Nick broke down earlier. I thought this was a good decision by Jones, not a bad one, as you can see. Kind of like you see that defender bailing 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 trying to get to the deep half eventually he does get back which is crazy because he was like near the line of scrimmage but if if Hodgins tracks this ball better this could have been a catch I think so too I, I do and 33 this is the second time that they're doing this coverage it looks quarters pre-snap both those guys sit at the sticks or just beyond the sticks letting everything develop in front of them then you have the three deep defenders and I like the fact that they took this shot Hodgins definitely didn't do the best job tracking this football but it ends up going incomplete and 33 does a really good job getting from a mic position to a deep third responsibility. He does look pretty good running that vert though. Like for a player who's not known for his speed. Who Isaiah Hodgins? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's aligning outside the numbers and he's being the vertical element right. in a lot of these plays. I mean, if you look on the backside, this is traditionally a route that you would imagine Darius Slayton would run. Darius Slayton's in a stack to the backside of Richie James right on top of each other. And Darius Slayton runs the deep dig, which is traditionally something you'd think Isaiah Hodgins would run. So the Giants are trying different things with their wide receivers. And I actually like it because it seems like they are creating some separation and it also just allows right. your offense to have a little bit more versatility because Hodgins to me just look watching the tape he looks like he's capable of doing this even though he might not fit the ideal profile yeah exactly that's a good really good way to say it and I like that they've already taken two deep shots at this point in the game two serious two deep shots if it wasn't you know if the game didn't get so out of hand and the Eagles went up 21 nothing this could have played a big role in helping the Giants win the game and maybe that's something they can do against Washington hopefully it is Tim even just taking the shots not even like if you complete them or not just taking the shots they had they had success against Washington, right? They had the fifty five yep. yard catch to to Darius Slayton. They had another one that Darius Slayton dropped. They had another one where Darius Slayton was ridden out of bounds. So I think yep. they're gonna try and test those corners, especially if that one cornerback, I can't remember his name, Holmes or something like that. If he's yeah. in the game, they're gonna try to probably more than likely go after him. Yep. All right. So that sets up the third drive of the game for the Giants. Again, no scores on the first two drives, no score on this drive either. This is a Six play, 18 yard drive. It starts off with the Giants trying to run a little quick game. This was the one play that I felt like, and I don't know, I don't really, it's so hard to know without knowing what the coaches are coaching them and the priest and their, and like from that nature. But it just feels to me like this is just like a simple high low on the bottom of the screen here with Bellinger. And I don't, is that Hodgins? And Jones had just kind of hit Bellinger there, but I don't know because he doesn't, obviously, he comes off it pretty fast and goes on to his read on the other side of the field. 
Yeah, and he sees that there's pressure coming from that direction, from 32. 94 drops off, so it ends up being a simulated pressure from Jonathan Gannon and the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think Daniel Jones realized that James Bradbury drove down on the right. in route. I think it's like right as James Bradbury starts to drive down, Daniel Jones, you see how now Daniel Jones is starting to scan the safeties. Because if Daniel Jones realized that he's going to take this shot, look at the leverage that Daniel Bellinger has against that safety inside the numbers, all the way outside to the sideline. Like he has so much room for that seven. So I just don't think Daniel Jones, I think Daniel Jones came off that route concept a tad too early and not because it was necessarily his fault. He also had the pressure kind of coming in on him. So we wanted to see what was going on to the other side of the field, the field side. We know Daniel Jones cover him a lot, right? He throws those boundary throws if if they're there. And I just think he abandoned it just a tick too early. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would agree fully with the he throws the boundary throws if they're there thing, but I agree with everything else. No, what I mean is the boundary side throws. He doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. The boundary side throw. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. I thought you meant like those whole shots. The He definitely likes the boundary side a lot more. You're 100% right about that. And I, and not on, you're right about most of this thing. I'm just agreeing with you on that. Um, yeah. Obviously. And those, and those, just because I know we had, we have to do a better job reiterating Showing. things like the boundary. What, when we say boundary, what we're meaning in this context is you can see how the ball is on that on that hash, right? So it's on a hash. So the sideline towards that hash is the boundary. The sideline away from that hash that the ball is on is the field side, more space. So that's essentially what we mean if you're watching it's on YouTube. harder to throw for any quarterback to the field side versus the boundary side. Yes, there's just more. You need more velocity on it and, and everything like that. And the Giants, I mean, they throw balls over there. Don't get me wrong, but. A lot of them, as Dan and I have said, they they really like to target the boundary. Yeah, and I will say this about that play. Nick Gates gave up a pressure pretty early in that, and that also plays a factor in why Jones, you know, had to scramble for his life. And if you watch it from this angle, I think Nick Gates might have expected a twist or a stunt up front. Cause you can see how right, number, yep. yeah, number 98, I think it's Milton Williams, fans out towards Andrew Thomas. And watch how Nick Gates looks to his right. Is somebody coming? No, okay, then I have this blitzer. But then he just gives up the inside shoulder, Mark Lewinsky style. And Daniel Jones has to outrun uh, safety. Yep. And so that's a broken play there. And so now it sets up a second and eight here, where they just run a little bit of a simple uh, slant flat here combination. They'll find Barkley for four yards. Quick game. Easy four yards. Sets up a third and four. Third and four where Giants actually convert, which is... Yes. Quickly, I actually like the end zone copy of this, but we'll see it first from the sideline. Daniel Jones decisive hitting Bellinger right over the middle of the field around Richie James. The Giants come out in 12 personnel. You can see Kenny Galladay's out on the field. He's been out on the field this entire drive, but it's a reduced stack on both there. sides. And you can see how Kenny Galladay's wide open as well. Kenny Galladay yeah, could easily have a blown coverage. Yeah, it looks like they both on the bottom of the screen, Avante Maddox and James Bradbury react to Richie James, and nobody goes after Kenny Galladay. I like this route concept. If the Eagles want to play off like this, they're going to play in quarters in in this type of way, then do this. And also, what have the Eagles done in two previous third downs, Dan? They have bailed this TJ Edwards defender, but it's not TJ Edwards here. They bailed him to a deep third responsibility, sat everybody deep at the sticks. That was more for like a third and six, third and seven, third and eight. This is a third and four, so it's not as difficult for the offense to pick up. But the Giants are just going to, hey, we're going to run everything in front of those defenders who are deep, and we're just going to pick up the first down. That's exactly what happened. You can see it a little bit better on the end zone angle. Yeah, and I think the end zone angle also shows a good job by Jones to reset the pocket and find a different throwing lane. Yep, that's exactly what happened. You can see Daniel Bellinger being the tough son of a bitch that he is right there. Makes that oh, yeah. catch. 
really good depth. Big hit too. Yeah, and he, and he knows he's going to take a hit. I mean, he is not afraid to catch balls in traffic. The the play he gets injured on, he's you know, the throw is right into the defender. He takes a massive hit and hangs on to the football anyway. Um, so this was conversion. Now they run a little duo up front, five yard game for Brita to set up a second and five. Yeah, again, Eagles for a team that traditionally, I know they they play a lot of quarters, Jonathan Gannon, but. They, there were some times where there were favorable boxes and the Giants, yeah. they were going to run the football like right here. It's a five yard gain. I'll take that on first down every time. But you look at the box. It's it's not threatening. You have exactly. double teams that can easily form and climb up to those linebackers. And that's what we end up seeing. Yeah, that's you got to run against a front like that. So sets up a second and five here. This will be it wasn't the best drive for Gates here at left guard. And this is probably another rep he wishes he could have back here against Milton Williams. Um, and it ends up being a one-yard loss. Milton Williams is a freak athlete. I remember him in the draft, and Me a lot too. of people were talking about his combine because like, he was 99th percentile in everything. I think it was the 2021 draft. And watch how he gets from a four-eye spot all the way to the A-gap and yeah, just presents his chest. Impressive. Right? He's, he what literally... What round was he? What round pick was he again? I think he was a third-round pick. Yeah, I remember that, and everyone was like talking about how big of a reach it was. No, you bet, you bet on traits, man. Bet on physical yeah. traits. Howie Roseman, he's going to do that. And you could see how it pays off. This is a rotational guy. He just hits Nick Gates with a quick club swim. And you could just see the lateral agility. People who are around 300 pounds, yeah. this guy's like 285, 290. They, they're not supposed to explode off the ground like that and, and cover that much space in one step. <laughs> Very true. That looked really crazy. Um, all right, so that sets up a third and six, and this is where the drive breaks down here. You'll see, if you want to see in my mind why this drive breaks down, it's the right side of the Giants' offensive line. Been an issue really all season. Just an E.T. twist there, but it's Glowinski and Neal, and they just have had trouble um, you know, blocking these types of twists. Daniel Jones throws late to Bellinger, throws him into the contact. Um, I personally would like to see the ball thrown out of bounds, but I understand it's not easy when the when the – when the you know bullets are flying, I'm not blaming Jones, but just in my opinion, just throw this ball out of bounds. This is never going for a first down. It's thrown right into the defender, uh, and this is the play Bellinger does get hurt on. But again, not knocking Jones here. Please don't take it that way. Just would prefer it out of bounds. Bellinger, he he comes back in the game after this, though, and I'm actually okay with this because there were times throughout the tape, we'll see it, where D Daniel Bellinger was wide open. Because whenever he chipped and released, I felt like the Eagles kind of forgot about him sometimes. And this is just a really good play by that safety to realize it. He has Darius Slayton running right towards his face. And you can see at this moment, the safety is looking at Daniel Bellinger as Daniel Bellinger releases. He's like, oh, crap. But if that safety just doesn't recognize it, that's probably a first down by Daniel Bellinger. So I'm okay with it, even though he takes this shot. But if you look at the bottom of the screen, Dan, this is the this is the Kenny Galladay play that we were referencing. Like Kenny Galladay toasts. I, yeah. I think that might be James Bradbury. Yeah, that's James Bradbury on an out. Nice that was a pretty nice route by Galladay, honestly. It was. And you could see he's not explosive off the line of scrimmage or anything, but gets out, whips his head, goes right back up. If the ball is thrown at this moment, and Daniel Jones, he, he's getting hit. There's no way he could have thrown him the football. But say the protection actually held up. We'll see it from right. the end zone angle. This could go for six for Kenny freaking Galladay. Like, these are the plays that Brian Dable are talking about. And right. you brought up the, the twists up front. I don't know what Evan Neal and Mark Lewinsky are doing or like how, why they were so bad at, they were like Will Hernandez with the twists in this game. Yeah. I don't know what's been going on there. It was like that. Will Hernandez with the twists. Yeah. It's just, this is like you said, we keep having these situations because you can even see, look at Daniel Jones's helmet early on in this play. He's looking to that side. Now he is looking for the Richie James route, but if he is able to recognize Galladay, it's a potential big, huge play if the protection holds up. But once again, the protection doesn't hold up. 
And this twist gets to him. And what is he going to do? He has no other option but to roll out of it, try to escape it, and throw to Bellinger late. That's his only option. So I take it back saying, you know, I mean, again, I'd either rather this. I still would rather the ball be thrown early if it's going to go to Bellinger. But you're right. It was a good play by the safety. But there's just nothing you can do when you have this kind of pressure. I agree. No, I 100% agree. It's a four-man pass rush on a third down. That's the, the, that's the annoying up. part, dude. That's only a four-man pass rush. Like, we're losing to simple twist, like TE twist. Like, that, that ET twist, that's the biggest issue right now. Like, if this is a blitz, they catch you, I get it. Whatever. There's going to be pressure. But four-man pressure, just and we have a tight end chipping and releasing, too. I know. Like, I... I I would imagine just watching a lot of the Giants offensive line. These aren't just like straight man calls. Like, right. Glowinski should pass that off to Evan Neal. Evan Neal should receive it. And then Glowinski would take the looper underneath. But Evan Neal just kind of follows the the guy in the, into the B gap. And he's not there to pick up that, that other player. It's just an awkward transition. But I wanted to bring up Richie James's route. Because it's actually kind of a good route from the stack. Yeah. He gets outside. Like, he probably would have been open there as well. Like a nice just pass towards the sideline, hit him right in stride. Avante Maddox is so open at the bottom of the screen. I know, I know. Avante Maddox is a good defender who probably would have made a, a play on the football, maybe, but I felt like you had two options that way, and Daniel Jones knew it. It's just he didn't have the time to deliver That's, the football. Yeah, exactly. And I and you could see it. Like, when you see his helmet look into that direction, you know it's either going to go to Galladay or James, but not when <laughs> there's pressure right in his face. So another drive ruined. Another pressure ruins another drive. That's three straight drives with nothing. Starts this fourth drive, which is six plays, 30 yards. Um, starts Probably off with Barkley's best play, right? Yeah, by far. This was like the first time in weeks, maybe months, I thought I saw like old Barkley level burst just to beat that defender with that. Not much of an angle there, but to beat him and while also beating him, staying in bounds. Like this was old school Barkley level burst. Yeah, I felt like this was very impressive. This is a boundary throw so there's not a lot of space and Saquon Barkley catches it between the numbers and the sideline TJ Edwards has a pretty good angle and yes. Barkley's still able to outrun him and pick up 16 yards I was curious if Saquon Barkley steps out of bounds here actually when I was going through the defensive film there was a pass to Miles Sanders in the first half that I felt like was actually in bounds that was called out of bounds I'm not sure if yeah. you caught that yet but it was a it was a, one of them that I think maybe the Giants got away with let's see that's that's just like elite tight roping by yeah. Saquon Barkley. Look at that. He looks that looks out of bounds there. <laughs> look, he's literally like if he's in bounds, that's about as close as you can be to being yeah. out. Of it's that it's that close. Put for a chip in the freaking ball, boys. Let's get this thing moving. Let's get this thing rolling. Let's just know when people are in bounds and out of bounds. We don't need these old dudes making these decisions anymore. That's my we're, we're, being out, we're being outdone by soccer, guys. Like, yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't need that to be the case. So then he sets up this five-yard run by Saquon Barkley. Um, this is something you pointed out that I thought was interesting when I look back at it once I saw you pointed out. Evan Neal, our first-round pick, hasn't had a, had a great game to this point. Let's watch him on this block, and let's kind of consider, is there a possibility for a much bigger play if our first-round pick here, seventh overall, makes a much better block here. And I think the answer might be yes. Oh, absolutely. Is yes. This could have been maybe not a touchdown because you have the alley defender coming down, but you know, Saquon in space right. because look at Darius Slate. Darius Slate pinches up and so does that uh, number 22, the safety. Darius Slayton does a great job picking up 22 and then Slay takes this other hole where Daniel Jones is flowing towards. And all you need to do is have Saquon Barkley hit this B gap. 
And it's just Fletcher Cox. And this is one thing that's great, A, about having a guy like Fletcher Cox, but he's aligned as a four-eye, kind of teetering towards four techniques. So he's basically directly over the top of Evan Neal. And Evan Neal basically has to step towards the play side like he does and then get his hips to the inside hip of Fletcher Cox. And he kind of does that, but Cox just dominates him at the point of attack and then just closes Saquon Barkley to the back of Mark Lewinsky. But you're right, man. I think if, if Evan Neal just it holds up has a little bit more sand of his in his ass against an older Fletcher Cox. Look, Barkley's putting his foot in the ground and he's getting vertical and this could have been a right. huge run. Yep. Unfortunately, not a great block five yard run. So look something. at it from the sideline angle. Oh, that's so frustrating. Cause right. I think this is a touchdown. I think this is it a touchdown. Might actually be a touchdown that alley to like, he's going to come down, but Barkley can win that angle. And Barkley, all he has to do is put his left foot in the ground. And right. He has space between the hash and the, and the sidelines. Oh, that's that's really frustrating looking at it from that vantage point. Yeah, it is. And hopefully we can get some improvement out of Neil down the stretch. That's something I'm going to keep an eye on as far as building blocks go. But it sets up a second and five. Giants starting to get a little momentum going with their run game. This is a nine-yard run. And this is one of the plays that you're going to see on Arna Hell. Did, uh, you know, you're going to understand why we like this play so much. Watch the motion at the end of the snap with 86 Slayton and look at the block Darius Slayton made. This play is probably a two yard loss, if not for Slayton. It absolutely is. That is a wildly impressive block for Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton aligns himself between Daniel Bellinger and Evan Neal. And then number 22 of the Eagles penetrates the B gap. So Slayton steps into the C gap, realizes what 22 is doing, works around Evan Neal, and then literally delivers a really impressive block on 22, stopping him in his tracks and allowing Saquon Barkley to cut to the left and pick up nine yards on an impressive run by Barkley, if I do say so myself. So that's, that's yeah. a very, very underrated. This is a Sterling Shepard type of play from Darius Slayton. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you can say what you want about Slayton. There's so much focus on his one drop against Washington and not enough. And like, no one talks about his 55 yard catch him getting open. And I will just personally believe that this guy is a dog who makes a lot of plays by creating separation, but also has plays like this where he's making a great play as a blocker. I want Slayton back. I'm standing on that, Soapbox, Nick. I'll, I'll talk about it more in the offseason, but he's a player who I want them to resign. Two things to pay attention to, and I agree with you. I, I do like Darius Slayton. If he wants to come back on a cheap veteran contract, I'm all about that because right. he has he has a role and he's an NFL wide receiver. First, let's look at Nick Gates. Nick Gates, very good block on Javon Hargrave off the double team from Andrew Thomas and sustains the block, kind of helps finish it off. But watch Evan Neal. I think Evan Neal gets hurt on this play. Watch him hold his elbow and fall to the ground. Ah, uh, yeah. Wow. I wonder if he crops up on the injury report tomorrow. With an it looks like injury. it looks like he's just like holding that wrist and he looks to be favoring it. I don't know if it affected him for the rest of the game, but that doesn't look good. Yeah. No, that did not look good at all. I didn't even notice that the first go around. Okay. Well, sets up a first and 10. They go back to the run. This is what Kafka wants to do. It's a four-yard run, though. So another success as far as runs go. Four or more is considered a success with me at least. Um, and so it sets up a second and six situation here where once again, we're going to go to what is our now fifth, no, our fourth straight run here. But this is something you've seen a lot here. I think this is probably the play you were mentioning earlier with Glowinski, right? It is. Yes. What a bad job this is. Look man. at the blocking. So it's single back. The Giants are going to run to the tight end side and they're going to run a G lead concept with the guard and the center just kicking out. So all Glowinski has to do is kick out Brandon Graham, the end man on the line of scrimmage. He does a great job keeping everything tight. But Brandon Graham, he uses the squeeze technique, and he basically contacts Glowinski's outside shoulder and then just sheds right off of him. Just this could have been a big play if Glowinski just does his job. Exactly, because if you look, you have 
John Feliciano, Nick Gates, and Andrew Thomas with basically one Philadelphia defender. The caveat is if Saquon Barkley could have outran the backside pursuit defender because he was flying into the uh, into basically what we would I guess say that is the mesh point. But yeah, man, that like look at this point if you're watching on YouTube. If Glowinski kicks out Brandon Graham, can Saquon Barkley outrun that backside pursuit defender and say that he does? You have three blockers. This could have been another huge run for the Giants. Yep. And instead, it's crazy because this would have been potentially another huge run for the Giants. Instead, it's a drive killer because it's a four-yard loss thanks to Glowinski, and it sets up a third and 10. And third and 10 is not really a situation we're getting out of these days here. This is almost intercepted. This was almost like a game wrecker. I think that from this angle, it looks to me, or from the other angle, look even more like Jones is targeting James the whole time and is not throwing this ball to Bellinger, who's crossing. So I think he just completely doesn't see this linebacker 57 underneath and throws right to him essentially, or maybe he just thinks he's crossing there. With that's the exactly, other. yeah. yeah. That's, so he just that's, misreads the defender or the defender fools him, whatever you want to call it. But this was close to an interception. I think Jones at this point believes that TJ Edwards is going to stick on Darius Slayton. Right. And then maybe stay on Daniel Bellinger. But TJ Edwards just does a great job. Look how focused TJ Edwards is on Daniel Jones his entire yeah. time. TJ Edwards can't is a freaking good player, man. I know, and he's an undrafted kid out of some crappy school, I think. Yeah, no, that school is Wisconsin, <laughs> and we could have had this guy. Um, <laughs> Obviously joking, but yeah, that, I mean, that could have been a devastating interception at that point. And look at the play, Dan. It's a play we haven't seen in a couple of weeks, I don't I feel know. Like. I was thinking good old, that. Good old mesh wheel. We have been, there was more mesh wheel. This wasn't the only mesh wheel in this game. They use mesh, they, they love to run things off of mesh. They do, yeah. I think they run it two more times, maybe once during garbage time, and they, they want to... Yeah. They run another time with Jones, but frustrating, frustrating drive that ends there. That's the end of that drive. Still no points. But then the Giants make a huge play on special teams, which we haven't been able to say a lot this season. Uh, it's a 21 nothing game at this point, but still great play on special teams with the block punt from Ellerson Smith. Sets up their fifth drive, which is a three-play 15-yard touchdown drive here. Starts off with a play that we finally see work here. Um, it's a little halfback mister or yeah, halfback misdirection. Roll out, quick hitter to um, Daniel Bellinger in the flat, and he's open. I feel like the Giants have success running this type of play. It's not. It's not like a play action slide. This is yeah, a similar better than their slide. Yeah, this they scored a touchdown on this play a couple a couple um, weeks ago with Isaiah Hodgins coming across, I think, and that was I think it ended up getting called back for the ineligible man downfield against Dallas, if, if I'm not mistaken. It was a similar play to this, but this this play has worked for them in the past, but. Daniel Bellinger picks up 11 yards. I just let Hassan Reddick go, block him for a second, delay it. Right. Daniel Bellinger for a rookie tight end. I really think the Giants found something with this kid. Man. Me he, too, man. He makes. You so know who was responsible most for that? Brandon Brown. From what we read. Brandon Brown's a beast. Yeah. And we just hope they keep him because he might get some interviews this offseason. Assistant GM for those who might not know. Yeah, he's yeah. He, that was a great addition by Joe Shane and the and the new staff. Yep. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone appreciates a thirst-quenching beverage that looks like a beer can, but it's actually mountain spring water, and that look of a beer can may give other people the perception that you're cooler than you actually are. But this product I'm referring to is obviously Liquid Death. It's refreshing, it has multiple flavors, and it will help kill, probably brutally, plastic pollution. I've tried Liquid Death, and it is thirst quenching when I'm parched. It hydrates me, so give it a try, and if you would like to do that, go get Liquid Death at your local Whole Foods Market, Target, and Stop and Shop stores, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash bigblue. That's liquiddeath.com slash bigblue. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download Bet Win. Download the Win Bet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Be on the lookout for the Win Bet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During Win Bet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on Win Bet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Here's a little two-yard run to set up the second and goal, which is what they scored the touchdown on. And this is a good example of extemporation by uh, Daniel Jones here. He wants to hit Bellinger. The play is designed to go quick to Bellinger, but it's covered. So like you see, like we've seen it in the past, I think throughout this entire season, Jones has done a good job while rolling to his right of really doing it in like a tempoed way, staying patient, keeping his eyes down the field. And eventually I think, you know, Hodgins has a really good job here of coming off the, the coverage and finding the soft spot for the touchdown. Yeah. He beats Darius Slay. He's a very good cornerback. I think this is an excellent job by Hodgins. And again, what is he using? His strength yep. a little bit. Slay, you want to engage him. Like he's not really initiating contact. Slay is kind of walling him off from getting outside. So he just cuts back into that soft spot, 43 vacated to try and take Jones because Jones is a threat. We got to remember that. Teams right. are going to look at Daniel Jones and be like, he can run this football in. So we have to 
abandon our initial responsibility. I feel like this is actually a really underrated play by Jones. It ends up going for touchdowns. So maybe underrated is not the right word, but watch him just scan everything. He's scanning, he's scanning, he's being patient. The pressure yeah. is coming on him. Then he finds the throwing window. It's pretty damn good. And he doesn't really look at Isaiah Hodgins until the throwing window comes open. He sees Hodgins here. And then he looks at Daniel Bellinger, looks at Daniel Bellinger. And you can see right here, the stripe of his helmet is not looking at Hodgins, but he's using right. his periphery. He's using his perifs right now, looking at Hodgins, and now he snaps back and fires once 43 removes himself. That's a really good play by Jones. Great play by Jones. Um, and that's a touchdown for the Giants. They finally put some points on the board, thank God. Um, that's <laughs> right. up their sixth drive of the game, which is just the one just before the end of the half. This was a three-play drive that went five yards, so we'll run through these plays and take a look at those. Dan, um, one, one other thing, too. Yeah. Special teams, man. I and mean, we didn't really talk about it too much last night. We talked about like the block punt and mm. the botched punt by Gillen. But Austin Scott had like a 66 yard return. He had another one, I think, that the was return. Yeah, yeah. The what return defense on? special teams, whatever it's called, return special teams defense is just crazy bad this year. It's it's so frustrating, man. It really is. But let's no, especially because McGahee was really good as a coordinator when he first came in. And now it feels like people are like, oh, calling for his head. We need to get rid of him. And it just, it's crazy. Um, but Starts off this drive. They're trying to run a little quick game. Jones throws hot and high to, to um, I think, Richie James, and it goes over his head. I think, it's, I think it is Darius Slayton. Oh, Slayton, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's just bad ball placement by Jones. There's no reason to put it that high. Did he think Isaiah Hodgins was over there or something? Like I'm not sure, but either way. Ends up going incomplete to set up a second and 10 where the Giants run deep crossers, and uh, yep. Daniel Jones ends up checking the football down. But this might have been another one of those opportunities that were missed where if you watch Richie James, he gets isolated at the bottom of the screen. It's a two by two set with an eight wing back to the field or to the boundary side. Richie James is the number two receiver and he gets isolated against the safety whose hips are turned towards the opposite direction on deep mirrored horizontal crosses. And I think at this point, maybe you could see James and be like, he might be breaking open because nobody's following Richie James. Everyone kind of abandoned him. So he's isolated one-on-one -on -one against that deep center field safety, but Jones opts to take the check down and he doesn't even get that opportunity. Yep. And that'll set up the last play of the half. Once again, we said, we'll, we'll show you it again. We'll see it again. It was mesh wheel. Daniel Jones gets sacked by Fletcher Cox, who kind of just bench presses John Feliciano back into the pocket. At this point, it's just, I mean, it was over quick in this game. Like my optimism, yeah, I didn't have really any optimism going into the game, but you know, I had you optimism watch, they might be able to keep it close. Like I say, oh, same here. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I, I thought they would lose ultimately, but it was very quick where we were like, oh, nope. These, these teams aren't even in the same class. Yeah. Not even close. Sadly. So that ends that half. Not a good half of offensive football. Obviously you saw the one touchdown they had was on a short field, 15 yards after the block punt. Not much else. I don't know if they even crossed midfield at besides that, which is which is a struggle bus. But um, we get to the seventh drive here, and they finally get something going here, despite being down 27-7 at the time. This is an 11-play, 75-yard drive. Touch Ends in a touchdown here. Starts out here with a little PA rollout from the reduced bunch, and Jones is going to find the easy solution to James for six yards. Yeah, this, this play... This is similar to some of the plays we went over earlier, but it's one that the Giants have had success running whenever they kind of throw it out there. Just single back under center, yeah. get Jones moving, have Isaiah Hodgins crossing the field, similar to what we went over. This is the one I think they scored the touchdown on with Hodgins. Yep. And I like then they run this one. The leverage is, like, is how it looks pre-snap, like, right? Like you can be, you can win to that. Like this is a good play to call against this de a defense lined up like this. 
Yeah, you have that reduced bunch. It looks like you have too high safety. It looks like they're in quarters, so you're gonna have you're gonna have off coverage more than likely. So the flat's right. gonna be open. And watch Richie James release. Richie James is just no 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 no. He has a really, yeah. really delayed release. So no one's really paying attention to Richie James, especially with Slayton kind of threatening vertically. So James just makes this catch and it's an easy six yards. Sets up a second and four situation. This is another great play by Darius Slayton here. The Giants run zone read. Jones makes a decision to keep it. And look at 86 as he motions back just for the snap. Look at the block he makes if you're watching on YouTube. Gets the two defenders. Seals the edge completely for Jones and just gives him a free lane for a 17-yard gain. Yeah, this is an excellent play by Slayton. He's just been a dog this entire game as a blocker. Takes yeah. out two guys. And then I think that's uh, Darius Slade does just a poor job keeping Jones in contain. He just comes down really tight. And Daniel right. Jones, that athlete, man, picks up a nice 17 yard play. It's one of the best plays of the uh, game for this offense. <laughs> that sucks to hear, but unfortunately it's the truth. Um, <laughs> we'll just move on to this next play here. Five yard run for Barkley. Evan Neal struggles with Fletcher Cox. He struggled all game. Now you can see Fletcher Cox basically directly in the B gap more right. as a three technique. And you have the combo block. Glowinski has to come off it to pick up penetrating number 43. And Evan Neal just can't sustain Fletcher Cox and Saquon yeah. Barkley running right into his arms. Good. Yep. We're strong. It's, it's been a struggle with Evan Neal. It hasn't been what I've wanted to see, honest, to be completely honest with you, Nick. I was hoping for a little bit more from a, as, him as rookie season. I just don't remember like some of those plays like that one, for example. I don't remember that ever being an issue for Andrew Thomas's rookie year. Like there were issues with Thomas in pass production. He would overset. But I, I don't I don't know if I remember too much of those kind of run game issues. This is a tough block for yeah, Evan. It's Neal. Fletcher Cox too, so it's not easy. And it's Fletcher Cox and Evan Neal he has like, help from Glowinski to start. Like he does. He, but you could see it just feels like the size of Evan Neal is working against him against so him. much. Yes. His height. And the fact that he can't play balanced is an issue. And you could see at this moment, like he's getting torqued right here. By Cox and Cox is kind of just controlling his chest. It looks like, but then there comes a time where Evan Neal gets both of his feet in the ground and starts to drive, but it's just too late. Right. It just takes a long time for him to recover. If he doesn't win initially, he really struggles to, to recover these blocks and is just too slow in his recovery because he's so damn tall. And from a technique standpoint, he's not always in an optimal position. IE his chest is so far out in front of his feet. Like those things just, they, they don't work in unison, the feet and the hands and just how, he ends up on the deck so much because he's so overextended. Yeah. You broke it down. Well, unfortunately, hopefully some, that's something he can clean up. We'll see what happens with that. Um, now it sets up the second and five. They run a double slant flat, both sides. And Jones does a good job of recognizing where the open void is and just striking it to Richie James here. See how James wins off the line of scrimmage. Looks like Avante Maddox <coughs> is allowing him inside because yep. he has, a defender right there. So Jones has to get this football out of his hands with number 43 playing that linebacker position. Avante Maddox is inviting him inside. So good, quick, decisive throw from Daniel Jones there to pick up a good chunk of yardage to Richie James. And that right there will set up the next 15-yard chunk, back-to-back 15-yard plays. This one is a 15-yarder to Hodgins, who I think does really an excellent job finding the soft spot in the zone, in, sorry, in the zone, throttling down, settling into it, and presenting a target for Jones, and then creating a little bit after the catch as well. Yeah, it's a good route concept against this defense. It looks like the Eagles are in some sort of some sort of quarters look with the safeties two reading, and you're going to read the release of the number two. But you can see how they switch release 
at the line of scrimmage. Richie James becomes the number one once the routes are distributed. And then Isaiah Hodgins, who was the number one initially, just sits in the window that was vacated by the defender who is now matching Richie James. That makes sense. Yep, that did make total sense. And so nice that's a 15-yard, yeah, nice little catch and run. Extra five yards, 15-yard gain. Sets up a first and 10 here where you're going to see a little seven-yarder to Isaiah Hodgins. Jones, uh, this is actually a really nice play off script from Jones because if he throws it early, it's going to be potentially like even intercepted if he's he's, lo- he's looking for Hodgins, but there's no throw. And his because he steps up, the defender comes off where he was in the middle of the field to try to stop Jones, and then he's able to kind of just like off balance get it to Hodgins for seven. And I know this isn't the identical uh, mesh wheel that we've seen, but it's still similar with Gary Brightwell running the wheel. You just don't really have the mesh concept. You have the OTB from Isaiah Hodgins, and then you have Richie James releasing underneath on the drag. But instead of having another player coming from the backside, you just have Daniel Bellinger chip and then release into the flat to occupy that defender. I really like this play from Daniel Jones, as you brought up for all those reasons. He has to influence that defender away from Isaiah Hodgins. And some of the things that we talk about with like Daniel Bellinger and Isaiah Hodgins, how they're smart route runners. Watch how Isaiah Hodgins finds space to get open away from coverage and then presents his big frame and hands for Daniel Jones. Like that's a smart play from him as well. Yep. And that sets up this second and three. Or I'm sorry, yeah, you're showing it again. That sets up a second and three situation. Eagles send a run blitz here. It looks like they just are so aware the run is coming. This is kind of maybe a tendency call by the Eagles here, knowing Mike Kafka in these second and short situations really does run a ton to try to just get to the first, get the first down. Um, and it's a gain of nothing. Gain of absolutely nothing. Absolutely shut down to set up a third and three where the Giants are going to run play action and find Gary Brightwell for six yards. Yeah, this was a nice job by Jones to get this ball off. I felt this is one of my favorite plays I remember from Jones on the broadcast. Um, probably not as good as the one we went over earlier, actually, now that we've seen it on the tape. But on the broadcast, this was my favorite play just because it's tough to get this ball off here with that free edge rusher. Um, and he does a good job getting it to Brightwell. Yeah, the Giants have two guys. If someone's sliding underneath because this is under center and Gary Brightwell just rolling out. So you have two easy options in the flat, but you're right about Daniel Jones. Look, he has to flip his hips and his shoulders and get square to Gary Brightwell. First off, he has to get the football into his throwing hand. Like that's difficult with Brandon Graham yeah. coming right down on you. Yep, exactly right. Um, sets up the first and goal here. We get a one yard run for Saquon Barkley. It looked like Saquon Barkley, if he cut to his right, would he have a touchdown? Or if he cut yeah, to his did. left, I if he had the next one, I know the one what you're talking about. No, it, no, it's this one right here. And either way, the Philadelphia Eagles fill this run really well. But you have that extra defender in Avante Maddox to the right to Saquon Barkley's right side, the left side of the screen. If Saquon Barkley were to cut to his left, the right side of the screen, you have number ninety Jordan Davis kind of bench pressing Nick Gates. But you have that one less defender to worry about where it's just Kayvon Wallace, who's at the goal line at this position. So I'm wondering if that cup, if there was a cutback lane there, I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm not chastising him. It just seems like there's this unblocked defender that Barkley ends up running into. And there just wasn't one on the other side. And either way though, it does set up a second and goal and run a little counter play here for Barkley. Um, get some two yards closer to the goal. Yeah. Giants didn't run a lot of counter in this game. That's just a good fill by TJ Edwards to stick Barkley. And Jordan Davis is just an absolute beast. Yeah, you can't move him. No, that's Andrew Thomas who's struggling to move Jordan Davis at that point. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough task. And it's only going to get tougher as he gets better and better uh, and in better shape. So then it just sets up the third and goal sneak by Jones for the touchdown. 
yeah, we could watch it, but it's just Daniel Jones doing a good job feeling his blocks and getting around them. So the Giants finally put more points on the board. At this point, it's 27 to 14. But unfortunately, like we talked about yesterday on the reaction pod, and we'll talk about more tomorrow, this is almost like a max EPA game for the Eagles offense. It was almost a flawless game. Um, so they put up another touchdown right away to go 34 to 14 game basically over at this point um, but they do run an eighth drive there's a few more drives in this game we'll talk about a few more um, starts off with just trying to run a little quick game to Nick Vanette out of a three by one set yep and it's dropped <laughs> it's dropped at the catch point to set up a second down where Evan Neal gives up his second sack of the game yeah you'll just see not a good rep from Evan Neal there yeah, Brandon Graham is, like we said, he's a wide nine. What is it, Jim Schwartz back here for Philadelphia? Yeah. Wide nine defender. And you can see how Evan Neal, he matches him for, for a, a solid amount of time. Daniel Jones is scanning the field, trying to see what's coming open. But then he just gives up that inside shoulder, and, and right. Daniel Jones just kind of runs into him. So it's not the most egregious sack allowed by Evan Neal, but it's still a sack allowed. And Let's the other side of that, though, was Andrew Thomas had a really good rep on this one. Yeah, I felt like Andrew Thomas tends to do that. If you look at the top of the screen, you have this is a field side throw, mind you, but you have a a switch release where it looked like Richie James was open along the sidelines, but that is a difficult throw to make. But James Bradbury is forced to do some sort of speed turn because nobody accounted for the number two releasing to the outside. If you right. look right here, if the ball is out at this point, this is more than likely going to be complete. And I'm not 100% certain why Daniel Jones didn't throw this football. At that point, right here, like there's no one yeah. on James. He's looking in that direction. I really honestly can't tell you why Daniel Jones doesn't let this rip. I think, yeah, it almost looks like he reads Bradbury and decides, like, he, he obviously wants to go to the inbreaker there, I think, at least. And when he reads Bradbury coming inside, I would, you would think he knows that he has James, right? Like that would, that would be what would process in his head. But you're right. I'm not exactly sure why he comes off of it. It has to be very quick, though, because Bradbury executes yeah, yeah. that speed turn and he can close width to the sideline. Yeah. yeah, it just has to be quick. And I just I don't know why he because he, he, right here he's looking and you can't see the play. And I feel like he considers it, but he just doesn't for whatever reason. I'm, I'm not really 100 percent certain why he didn't. That, that seems to be a missed opportunity on Jones, whereas a lot of the other ones in this game are more of a product of bad protection. Yep. And that sets up a third and 16 play where the Giants just kind of, uh, you know, settle in some ways with a 12-yarder to Richie James that never really threatens past the first down marker. At this point of the game, it's just, hey, let's not get hurt. We have to worry about Washington True. next week. That's True. unfortunate, but the Giants just weren't competitive at all for much of this game. Yeah, they're down three scores at this point, three touchdowns at this point, so it's, it makes sense to not go too crazy here. Dude, Bradbury kind of, he sucks with these double moves. If you look at the top of the screen, yeah. I think that's Darius Slayton. Wow, I got like, him again. The ball's out, so like this isn't on Jones, right. but holy crap, does Bradbury really struggle with these double moves? Also, though, another example, like if the protection's good, Jones might be able to just hit that. He might be able to. Like I'm talking like real good protection. Like if we ever just got that, where I've seen it with other quarterbacks, they're just sitting there. Because you're right, he cooks Bradbury again there. Yeah, I mean that's like that's a. That's in a NFL. That's a ton of separation. Anthony Armstrong said one yard of separation is a lot of separation. This is like three full yards. But if we watch it from the end zone angle, you'll kind of realize why Jones didn't even have that opportunity. You have a twist up front. Evan yep. Neal. I don't know it's what a terrible job by the right side of the line as usual. It's just, they're so bad. So like Glowinski is trying to pick up 93, allowing he Feliciano to take seven. So they actually do their job well enough. Feliciano gives up the pressure. 
from Hassan Reddick. It's well executed by the Eagles, but Evan Neal, for whatever reason, he can't even handle Kaiser White. I don't even think he anticipated that Kaiser White was penetrating, even though White is up on the line of scrimmage and they've been running twists all game. Yeah, so. he had his eyes on on uh, Reddick the entire time, Neal. Yeah, man, Neil, look, I like Neil a lot, but he's he hasn't had the best rookie season if we're just going to call a spade a spade. He has not at all. That ends this drive. We'll go to the ninth drive here, which is a 10-play 52-yard drive with a turnover on drives. This will be the last drive we break down. We'll run the plays after that, go over some superlatives. The rest of the plays are, um, what's it called, Tyrod Taylor plays. So we'll just run those over. I think Matt Parrott was in the game. They just kind of – was not good. was not good. Yeah. Matt Parrott. They threw in some backups because they want to – Preserve their guys going into Washington, which I completely agree with, by the way. I'm really happy they didn't put Jones out there and all those guys for those final drives. That would have pissed me the hell off because we've already had one dumb injury this year with the door. We do not need more. Here's another just bad hit to the head for Richie James just getting his head slammed on the deck. Oof. Right there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 tough looking. But five yards, Richie James on a quick little just drag route, look like a drive type of concept with a route over the top of it, set up a second and five where Evan Neal is set up here. Look at his, this is a really interesting feet pre-snap. It doesn't work out for him, but, um, and that's kind of what he gets hit Jones, which is why the throw is off. But I'm just curious by his footwork. Like you see his stance there. Who Evan Neal? Yeah. What about it? I just think it's aligned kind of weirdly there. Is that not right? Um, I mean, it's a little narrow, but I'm okay with it. He's looks like he's really coiling, a lot of power off of that inside foot to to drive off of it. Set I just up the think catch. like the difference between him and I. This is why I'm asking you the difference yeah. between how he looks pre snap and how Andrew Thomas looks pre snap. Such a different base right there. Yeah, Andrew Thomas looks phenomenal pre snap, but like I don't really have an issue with Evan Neal. It's a little narrow. I think you. That's what say. I'm thinking. Is it too narrow? But maybe not. I don't know. It's a little narrow. I mean, there's been some weird. Remember Charles Cross's set pre snap like they're. Yeah. As long as it works for you, but for Evan Neal, Evan Neal, he 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 matches Hassan Reddick up the arc, right? But then he he turns his hips and just gives up that shoulder. Yeah. And once he gets his hands inside, he just doesn't he doesn't disallow Hassan Reddick from getting to his chest. It just doesn't seem like. like and then of course, what happens? Chest ends up well over the top of his feet. Hassan Reddick bends right into Daniel Jones to affect this throw that actually yeah. somehow gets to the catch point, but great <laughs> play by Darius Slay. Right. And that'll set up a third and five. Jones. Dan- read- yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Daniel Jones just does a good job reading the blitz and trying to get the football off to Gary Brightwell. And I felt yeah. like the Eagles knew what was coming and they, they knew had that it. was coming. Yeah. And they had it dialed up. They, they, they had somebody for Gary Brightwell, which you could see the pressure just come right Mm. into Daniel Jones face. You know, it's, it's disappointing at this point of a game. And as giant fans and people who cover the giants over the last couple of years, we've been really privy to this. We've been seeing a lot of it, like when it's the fourth quarter and it's just like absolutely meaningless football. Right. And you just can see here on this third, on this fourth and five, gotta have it. I mean, it's not even a gotta have it play. That game is over. I shouldn't call it a gotta have it play. Like what are they down? 34 to 14 at this point or worse. Like, there's not enough time. I mean, it's possible. We saw the Sean Jackson game, but here Jones isn't like what he sees. Just takes the first down with his legs. Good play on Jones just to do that. Looked like it was some sort of cover six, but Philadelphia is just playing. You know, we're not going to allow explosive right. plays, and we're just riding the clock out at this point. Yep, ride it out. Try to go outside. Pitch Brita. Nothing there. Two yard gain. Sets up the best play of the game for the passing offense, but again, it's 
you know, end of the game. This doesn't really matter. That's the problem. Like, I love this play from Jones. It's an amazing play. He steps up through the pressure, resets the passing lane, and finds a streaking receiver. This is something I just haven't seen enough from our pass offense, and I'd love to see more plays that just look like this. Um, this is like, you. if you talked about this play, you, you we've, seen, we've broken down plays before where we've been like, oh, Jones didn't see it, Jones didn't throw it. He saw it here. He threw it. He made the great decision, and he put the touch out there. He led the pass. Everything about this play was perfect. I just wish it happened in the first quarter, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But I just think this is also somewhat of a blown coverage because you have a three by one set. The number three receiver, Darius Slayton, is running a deep over. And Darius Slay, who is the deep third defender to the opposite side, kind of sits with Daniel Bellinger as the Giants run Gary Brightwell to the flat. It's a little bit of a transition, but you also have this Mike linebacker who's sitting on as a as a zone defender who could have matched Daniel Bellinger. So now Giants perspective, you have Darius Slayton as your number three running a deep over against a safety with Slayton having easy inside leverage. So he's going to outrun the safety, which he does easily. And then there's no one in that deep third. So I'm thinking maybe Slay Slay was supposed to be in that area, but he just bit down on Daniel Bellinger's route. It's just good route concepts from the backside. And you could see, like, even after such an explosive player, a 37-yarder, Slayton just gets up, gives the ball to the ref. Like, the players know this game is over. They're not celebrating a play like that. You rarely see it on a 37-yarder, but it's kind of the state of where this game went to, unfortunately. So a little quick game here. Just a quick throw out to the flat for five against quarters. Set up a second and five duo run. Um, two yard, two yarder here with Brightwell. Thankfully, at least they took out Barkley by this point. I would have been even more furious if they were playing Barkley at this stage, but they weren't. Thankfully, um, this is a low key. This is a kind of a low key, impressive run by Brightwell. Maybe yeah, I'm trying to there. see. I'm trying to see like he cut it back to his right. Next, you have TJ Edwards there, but if Evan Neal was able to climb and locate, could there have been something? Uh, maybe to the right, but once he commits to the left. There's not a lot there. And he runs into Nick Gates and he spins off Nick Gates. And if he was just able to avoid James Bradbury and we know James Bradbury well, right? Like James Bradbury is a good player. I love James Bradbury. I think he's a phenomenal cornerback, even though he doesn't really look that great in this game. Wasn't always the best in run support. Like a Dory Jackson right. is a much better run support player, but he makes a nice tackle at the line of scrimmage to stop Gary Brightwell. Brightwell was able to avoid it though, man. That could have went for six, maybe. Yeah. All right. That sets up uh third and eight here. Uh, it's a quarters look, and you're going to see some pressure from Thomas's side that gets in Jones's face, um, and he just tries to throw to Breida here, and it goes incomplete. Yeah, Brandon Graham just bull rushes Andrew Thomas back into Daniel Jones, but Thomas does a pretty good job holding up. Like He gets bullied a little bit, but you can see how he just sits back. Yeah. And throws. The back gets bowed a little bit. I think Fox. Evan Neal got away with a hands to the face there, too, on that one. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, he's... He like punches Hassan Reddick's face. <laughs> Fourth and eight. This is the last play for Jones in this game. Um, blocking's not great. And it just goes incomplete to James. Yeah, he gets absolutely crunched. And there's people that are open. This is a play where look at number Nick Vanette, I think that right. is, coming from the backside, just dragging. But the Eagles bring a five-man pressure package. Everybody's sitting on the middle of the field. You can see how so much attention is paid to who's that Richie James over the middle right. of the field. And you have kind of a post wheel down at the bottom. It's covered up. Well, giants never throw the post wheels, but they couldn't even throw it to Vinette on the drag. Instead, they try the little spot route, but it's covered up. Well, and the giants turn the football over on downs. And that's the end for the Jones offense. We'll run these plays as we go over superlatives. It'll be the Tyrod Taylor plays. Um, and obviously there were more backups in as well. So as we run those, Nick, let's dive into some superlatives. I want to get your unheralded player on film on the offensive side of the ball. 
I think it's easy on heralded players going to be Darius Slayton because nobody's talking about Darius Slayton. And I know he didn't have a huge game as a wide receiver, but what he was able to do in the run game, not that it was always effective because the overall Giants rushing attack sucks, but his individual effort was, I would say, pretty impressive. It reminded me a lot of Sterling Shepard. So I have to go with Darius Slayton and his effort as a blocker more so than anything else. Yeah, I like that call a lot. Uh, especially with those two blocks. I'll go with Isaiah Hodgins. I still don't think he's getting the credit he deserves um, for whatever reasons that may be. He had a really good route that you broke down where it was just an absolute filthy vertical double move that he got wide open on. He also had the touchdown where he did a good job. He had the play where he sat in that in that vacated zone that I really liked. He also had the slant flat where he ran a good precise route. He catches everything that's thrown to him. He's physical. He's strong. He's big. He has better vertical separation than he should for that size. I like him a lot as a player, and I think he played another really good game for the Giants. Um, so he'll get mine for the unheralded player. How about um, your favorite um, route on tape? Favorite route on tape? Okay, yeah. we're going to go in that direction. I think it has to be that double move yeah. that you were just referencing. That was such a smooth route. And there was plenty of routes, I think, that we probably could go with. There was a lot of double moves. There was a lot of selling of the routes. But the one where Isaiah Hodgins got James Bradbury absolutely just messed up the one that we referenced where he turns his head and his entire body almost and then explodes vertical somehow that's the one i'm gonna have to go with by isaiah hodgins just impressive for someone of his frame that's the one for me too let's go with best route i'm um, sorry best throw by daniel jones in this game it's probably that darius slayton throw the darius yep. slayton throw. i know it comes in garbage time but it was still a, a nice throw he was on the run a little bit and he was able to hit slayton in stride and allow him to turn upfield up the sideline to pick up extra yards so we'll go there I'm going to go with a third and seven deep shot early in the game to Isaiah Hodgins. I know it was an incomplete pass. I feel like that was pretty damn good ball placement given the pressure Jones was under. A different wide receiver, a little bit of a better tracking vertical receiver. Hodgins is not really known for a vertically tracking receiver. I think could track that and make it over the left shoulder catch. Um, and I think the ball, like that's a pretty good ball to me. So I'll go with that one. How about the best play call from Mike Kafka or your favorite? Best play call from Mike Kafka. I, I'm there, I mean, I like the, the mixture of certain plays that he's adding, like the deep shots that we were talking about with, with Philadelphia running the coverages that they ran. I don't love the double moves, but I understand it. So maybe I'm going to go with the double moves, just maybe leave somebody in protection to help Evan Neal out, your rookie tackle, who, I mean, I guess at that point he wasn't struggling mightily, but yeah, I'm going to go with those double moves because guess what? They worked. <laughs> they worked in the game. So we'll go there. It's just they couldn't connect, obviously. Yeah, I don't have one specific. I like that he mixed in some, a little bit more quick game, though, early in the game. So I'll go with that. How about the best player overall on film for you? I think it's still Andrew Thomas. I know it wasn't Andrew Thomas's best game, but it doesn't have to be his best game. He still probably had the best tape of anybody else here. And I, if I'm going to be real with you, I think Isaiah Hodgins can really rival him. I think Isaiah Hodgins looked very good on film, but I'm still going to go with Andrew Thomas. I know it's a little boring. No, I think it's a good call. It's probably another runaway if we're being honest he had two bad reps right but then he had some really good reps the run blocking rep we broke down earlier was a really freaking good rep the pass blocking rep we broke down earlier where neil broke down but thomas played it really well was a really good rep so it will be thomas for me as well let's wrap this up with a pass blocking grade one through ten pass blocking grade was not great <laughs> so <laughs> let's go with um geez i feel like we've been given a lot of low grades recently so i'm gonna go with Maybe a 1.9. Was it that bad? Is that too harsh? I... No, I don't think so. I mean, it's just like, 
it's really just the right side for me at this point. But then there were like a couple bad routes from Gates, but there's mostly the right side. I'll go two one two point one on that. How about yeah, running trying- block? Oh yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm it's like I'm trying to debate on if it's me being really harsh or is it just that it's just been bad for the last several weeks. So I think it is fair. And you can see even on the screen right now, Nick Gates gets beat. Honestly, my biggest concern with the pass protection, Dan, is it seems like there's miscommunication errors. Like they right. don't know what they're doing with these twists. Like and that, that should some, Yeah, go ahead. That should be something that's figured out. It's we have another week 15. We have another play where I mean, obviously Tyrod Taylor can't get rid of the football, but Richie James wins on uh, kind of wins on a deep post against whoever that is. Anyways, it doesn't really matter at this point in the game. How about your run blocking grade one through ten? Not great, but better than pass blocking grade. Let's go with a two point nine. I'm actually a little higher than you on this. I'm at four six for run blocking. There were like a lot of runs that were successful runs. Like a lot of the runs we even just went over like four yards, four yards, four yards, right? Now there were some mistakes that Evan Neal made that we went over some bad blocks there, but overall I felt like outside of Neal really in this game. And then one really bad rap from Glowinski, the run blocking was pretty solid in this game. I don't know though, man. I mean like the run we just watched from Tyrod Taylor yeah. was the reason why Tyrod Taylor led the team in rushing. Yeah, I know that I know the Giants, saying, now, like they didn't have the Giants were down success. Yeah, the Giants were down too, like 21 nothing sure. pretty quick in the game. They didn't necessarily abandon the run though. Like they still tried to sprinkle the run. Like one of their most successful drives, which is funny to say because they just punted the football, but they were actually moving the football was when they ran the football four or five times. Right. And that's not me advocating for them to do that because I don't think they should. But that was one of the drives where you're like, all right, we're moving the football. Saquon Barkley looks yeah. good. He starts it off with a 16 yard catch. But there were a lot of plays that were just frustrating where Mark Lewinsky didn't kick the guy out or Evan Neal found his way on the ground, stuff like that. And there's a touchdown pass if you're watching on YouTube too. It's a nice ball from Tyrod Taylor. It's a nice ball and it's an aggressive decision. Throw it, it down is. the team occasionally. You have this safety. This is, you know, you have three deep. You can see to the to the strong side. You see that safety rotate over the top of that tight end. Good route by Richie James to extend towards the bottom of the numbers, extend, and then cut right back, right into the soft spot between that covering defensive back and the safety. Good well-timed pass from Tyrod. And luckily that safety wasn't a bit more instinctual because this could have got Richie James killed. If the safety yeah. was already breaking on this. That could have been bad, but still good play. Yep. That actually probably was the play. Yeah. Oh man, this guy really took a beating. He, he got hit in the head right there. Yeah. He does that. Yeah. You yeah. can see him got, grab his helmet mm-hmm. there. That's not good. No. Eesh. All right. Well, it was ugly. We went over it. We'll bury it. Unfortunately for me. I mean, I shouldn't say the word unfortunately, but we do have to do the defense too. We want to learn from that. And I am so nervous to go over that defensive film is the worst defensive film. I think I've seen maybe ever since we started doing this. I can't remember a more hapless effort. And there were still some moments, right? Like still some good pass rushes here and there, but some of the breakdowns, man, in coverage and in run defense, Miles Sanders touchdown. Yeah. I'm like ugly moments where like, cause this was the first game. I'll say it. The reason I said that earlier, I'll say why I'm saying this. This was the first time since this season started, Nick, where we finally, after the game started to hear the like, you know, from the fans, like I'm questioning the effort was the effort there, right? Like people tweeting at Carl Banks. It's one thing to get killed by a team that's mountmatched you from you from a talent standpoint, but to get out effort and to not show the effort in the fight. And it's like, I don't know if I, if I agree, I don't agree with any of that, but I don't I can, and it's not the case, but it's like, when you do give up plays like that, Miles Sanders play, that's going to happen no matter what. It's like a natural reaction from fans for that type of thing to happen. So it's just like, it was not, it's not going to be pretty, but we'll, we'll do it anyway. And we'll see if we can find some bright spots. 
Yeah, Dexter Lawrence to me at their going, and I'm not even done with the defensive film. I still have to watch yeah. the second half. Yeah. But he had a couple of plays where I was like, oh man, like like the touchdown pass to Devonta Smith. It was a beautiful swim arm over move from Lawrence. If he had just a split second more, and yeah. I see a lot of people being like, oh, that's such a lucky throw from Jalen Hurts, and I'm like, I don't think so. Like no. I feel like that throw had such good like trajectory right yes. into the hands of Smith. A yes, love throw. Yes, love could have made a play on it. Like I think love misjudged it and all of that, but like. I don't know, man. I think people got to start realizing that Jalen Hurts is he's the real deal. Now, we'll have to see once he gets to the playoffs and he's playing like the 49ers. I don't know about that, actually. Sean Marez tweeted out if uh, he tweeted out during the game yesterday, if you had traded the quarterbacks, the result would be the same. Who's Sean Marez? I don't even know. <laughs> he works for uh, WFAN. I, I, no, he, he follows me. I follow him. He's a nice guy. We did get into it a little earlier this season when he when he was trying to argue with me that this team reminds him of the 07 team and they're going to make a Super Bowl run. Uh, and I'm like, dude, yeah. the 07 team had a filthy offensive line. What are you watching? And so we got into a little bit of a heated back and forth. But like to say that the result would be the same if you switch these quarterbacks is just freaking uh, – It's it's really – it's it's like very discrediting to Jalen Hurts. Like I understand if you don't think Jalen Hurts is that good, right? Whatever. But come on, man. Like some of the throws he made in this game were really nice. To just turn the tape on and you can see Jalen Hurts, how instinctual he is, how accurate he is. Look, we went over the tape last year of Jalen Hurts. He wasn't like that. Right. And he still made throws that should have beat the New York Giants in that game. But the Giants kind of benefited from drop passes and things of that nature from Jalen Rager. But Jalen Rager's not there anymore. So now you got A.J. Brown catching yeah, yeah. throws. And, and some so, of the- you can see he's so much more confident to try to actually take these shots. That's the thing. Like you call the Julian Love play like a lucky throw, but he's he's confident. Well, right? I, did not, was- I did not call No, 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 that. not you. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> whoever called it, whoever called yeah. it a lucky play, whatever they are saying, like, and that other sideline throw that went to Devontae Smith, that was like a hair out of bounds by Smith. That was a freaking whole shot dime. Like he's confident he's taking dime shot. He's taking these whole shots. That's what you ultimately need. It's the only way to win. Like by taking those chances. We're giving preview of the defensive film, but there were a couple like third down throws that he made that were just so anticipatory. He was throwing it before Devonta Smith got out of his breaks. And literally the coverage, like by Fabian Moreau had a terrible game, but the coverage by Fabian Moreau in some of those situations was air freaking tight. But it was like a little piece of bacteria just finding its way right (laughs) into the hands of Devonta Smith. It was really, really insane. Yeah. So... We'll see it tomorrow. Unfortunately, we'll, 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 we'll work through it. We'll work through it. But thank you for tuning into the Big Blue Bander podcast. I know it's not easy to watch tape on a game like this, but if you enjoy it, I'm happy. If you're learning something from it, I'm happy. We're turning the page after we do tomorrow's pod, and we're going to look forward to Washington. It's a must-win game. The Giants win. They have a really good playoff chance still, so a chance of making the playoffs still. So we'll see what happens. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great rest of your night, and we'll talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.